brothers and sisters, this is Akira the Don. It is a beautiful day to be alive here at the peak of recorded human history, human civilization, the recorded human experience of which we know. This is the peak right here, you and me together. How amazing is that? Boy, oh boy. And it's been another beautiful week in the wave, in the meaning wave. Another beautiful week in the meaning wave. Yes, it has. I hope your week has been beautiful and productive and enriching. I hope you're uh, a little bit closer to congruence today than you were last week, a little bit closer to your ultimate self. I think you probably are. I think you probably are. I trust you and uh, I believe in you and I'm proud of you. You should know that because it's true. It was a great week in the wave. We started it off with a new single called You Could Leave Life Right Now, which I wrote with my dead friend, Marcus Aurelius, who's a dead Roman emperor, 2,000 years past, and yet still proving, still being useful. He's still useful. 2,000 years after his death, he's still being useful in the world. And uh, he wrote this song with me called You Could Leave Life Right Now. And that's some real, 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 real stuff right there. That's some facts. You could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. Rest in peace and Godspeed to Andrew Weatherall, the legendary DJ and producer who left us this week. He left life just now. He just left life. He was, uh, he was very young. He was in his 50s. And uh, I, have, I have many fond memories of, of, uh, of spending time with that gentleman in London in the early 2000s. Many, 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 many fine times, peak times were spent in that gentleman's fine company. Many that I remember and many that I don't remember. You know, the way they always talk about the 60s, like if you remember it, you weren't really there. Uh, a lot of the early 2000s is the same for me and uh, my people, of which Andrew Weatherall was one. Andrew Weatherall, if you didn't know, he was... He was uh, a great, great artist and sonic architect. He was an architect. I'm an architect, you know. I'm, a, I'm building things, you know, building new things, new structures. And that's what he was doing. He was a very inspirational man. He was a, uh, he was a peak party guy. You know, before I invented Meaning Wave, uh, I was working on a thing I was calling Peak Wave. And the idea was to... Uh, take transcendent peak experiences and, uh, and, and make those musical flesh, you know? And that's what he did, really. Uh, he produced Primal Screams. Uh, is it their best album? I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it won him a Mercury Music Prize. It was, uh, it was a very, very influential album, a very beautiful album. I actually played a song from it a couple of weeks ago in the club. Uh, come together, I played in the club from Screamadelica. We want to be free. Loaded, sorry. Yeah, loaded. We want to be free. We want to have a good time. We want to get loaded. Hey! You know, and uh, I don't want to lose your love. He was doing that. He was taking all these like peak sensations. Like he, he kind of took all these like gospel feeling sounds and early acid and house music and breakbeat stuff, early hip hop stuff. He, and put all this together with this Scottish Rolling Stones cover band type thing and made some 
brand new euphoria you know one of my earliest memories of um euphoria is being at a music festival age like 15 and and that playing over a big sound system anyway yeah i could talk about i could oh man i could talk about that stuff all day you know i, I was working with uh, his musical partner radioactive man so I, I got to hang out in the studio with him a bunch in like 2000 to from like 2000 through 2004 i guess uh, I went to Butlins with him. He, there used to be these uh, music festivals. They would have these indoor music festivals. Uh, Butlins, which is like a theme park. It's like a... Would you call it a theme park? I don't know if you'd call it... A <laughs> I mean, it had some rides in it. You know, it's kind of like a, like a holiday camp. You know, you have chalets. You have these little rooms that you would stay in. And they had like little music festivals there you know and uh i played some of those he he was playing some of those radioactive man and andrew weatherall were djing some of those and i came down and hung out with them and i rapped with them he had me come on and freestyle with him i had, I had a microphone you know and, and i was making it raps off the top of my head over the top of the music he was playing and uh radioactive man was like doing things with the uh vocal effects on the microphone building up crazy delays and stuff we were doing i remember doing that at like six in the morning one time everyone was all crazy you know like british people go crazy i live in america now and like everything kind of wraps up at like 2 a.m not everything a lot of it wraps up at 2 a.m then people go after party a bit up in the hills but like yeah you know in the uk people just like stay dancing they still dancing when the sun comes up you know they just dancing dancing and gunning you know, that's how they were. Well, I don't know what they're doing now. I'm here. But that's what they were doing in 2000, 2001, 2003, 2004. That's how we were getting down. You know, at half five in the morning, stuff was just getting started. You know, half five in the morning, uh, Akira the Dawn was jumping up on, uh, jumping up in the DJ booth with Andrew Everall and like making up raps off the top of his little blonde head. You know, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. I'm very grateful. I feel very, gr I feel very grateful to have experienced all that and been a part of that. You know, it was just before. It was at the end. It was the end of one world, and before a new one was born. You know, it was just at the end of of the, uh, the that that former music industry before the internet came in and changed everything and took everything over. It was just as all that was like Napster was kicking off, like iPods were being invented and stuff, and and we were throwing raves in chalets. You know, throwing raves in chalets and just like. You know, I was like, I was like a little Hunter S. Thompson, you know, I was just a little trippy guy on adventures, you know, just out there, like getting involved in things, getting involved in things, making things happen. I was a music journalist and I was rapping and I was like, you know, I was just getting involved in situations and people, people like Andrew Weverall, like were real, real kind to me and real good to me and, and showed me the, showed me this world of theirs, you know, they showed me this world of theirs and I learned a lot from them. And here I am today. So you could leave right now, life right now. You could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. Godspeed, Andrew Weverell. Thank you for the thank you for the peak experiences. Thank you for the peak times. You know, thank you for the soul and the spirit. And that sh that shit lives on. That shit reverberates and echoes for eternity. We're grateful. We're super grateful. You know, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. How about that? I saw Sonic the Hedgehog on Friday with uh, my family. Very, very rare. First time we've been to the movies since like last Halloween. We went to the movies. We took an evening. We went to the movies. 
watched Sonic the Hedgehog. I had no expectations. I, I even have low expectations. I had no expectations. I was just like, well, shit. I wasn't even going to go. Hercules was like, wanted to see it. And I was like, that's going to suck. But then I was like, that's... Shut your, shut your old man head, Akira. Your little boy. He's a little boy. You know? So so was I. Let's take the family. And oh my goodness, it was really good. It was really good. It was really funny. It was really joyful. It was uh, it was wholesome. It had echoes of "It's a Wonderful Life" about it. I mean, you know, it's it's not "It's a Wonderful Life." I mean, "It's a Wonderful Life" is god tier art. You know, it was god tier. That's god tier. But this had echoes of that. You had this guy who's like wanting to leave his little sleepy hometown, and then something happens that kind of stops him stops him because he suddenly has like you know he has a bit of a hero's journey he has a bit of a quest you know he's got to he got to help this little blue little blue hedgehog alien creature you know and uh there was no point in the movie where i felt that like, felt like uh the movie hated me <laughs> and that's just that's such a funny thing to say but it's so the case with a lot of modern so-called entertainment it's like you guys hate me don't you it's like like they're actively like sneering at you you know they're actively sneering at you talking down at you trying to brainwash you and stuff but like they're morons you know so, so it's like it's like unnerving on many many levels because it's like a moron is talking down to you which is a strange experience and like anyway there's none of that in this movie man i enjoyed this movie it was enjoyable hey here's the crazy thing you know uh jim carrey is in it and jim carrey he's an actor and he's in this movie, he's playing the Dr. Robotnik, this crazy bad guy. He's the bad guy, right? And he's kind of crazy because he's, he's, so cra he's so clever. He's one of these guys who's been driven crazy by his own cleverness and his own, um, his own uh, love of that cleverness, you know, his ego. That ego, you know, that ego, that everybody's got one, you know, but his one is like all consuming, you know, and he got no empathy. He got no empathy. He sneer. He looks down on everyone. This character, right? He looks down on everyone. He thinks these people in this sleepy, like Midwest American town. He thinks they're all hicks and idiots, and he mocks them. And it's crazy because the guy playing it is this guy Jim Carrey, who you know he's this comedy actor, rubber-faced sort of guy, like very talented, very talented guy. But this guy has got one of the worst cases of TDS I have ever seen. If you don't know what TDS is, they they call that that. Trump derangement syndrome. It's a modern disease. A lot of people got it around 2016 and a lot of people got this disease and like they've been crazy ever since, man. And this guy's been having a goddamn meltdown on Twitter for years. Like a meltdown. He's been posting, he paints now, right? And he just paints crazy, crazy, like terrifying stuff. Like this guy is is just full of hatred and anger and bitterness and rage and sorrow and confusion. And what's weird is people keep sending me messages and they're like, oh, you should do a meaning wave with Jim Carrey. I'm like, well, isn't that that crazy guy who's just like foaming at the mouth on Twitter every day? Like, wh why, why? But then like, you know, you look and he's, he's said some smart things over the years. He's like said some philosophical stuff, but it's like, it ain't enough for me to say some philosophical stuff, man. You gotta embody that shit. All right, you could say some smart shit, but if you're having meltdowns on, on Twitter.com over some stuff you read on the New York Times or whatever, like, I don't think you've integrated that shit particularly well, and I don't know if you're to be trusted, and I don't know if I need that energy in my music, thank you very much. You know? I don't need that energy in my music. 
Like this shit is uh this shit is very, very like it's a precarious balance, man. You know, I can't be infecting your ears with some derangements. But hey, this is the perfect guy to play Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> and also I'm wondering like is he just playing himself in this? Is this just like him right now? I mean, he's very good in it. And it's like a lot of the stuff this villain is saying is the sort of stuff that you hear from these people, these really virtuous people who, who are convinced of their own virtue and, and are having meltdowns on Twitter.com every goddamn day of the week. It's very interesting. Anyway, my son loved it. His, that, that's the major, major point. We enjoyed it as a family and Hercules loved it. He was running around that cinema. Like <laughs> he was legging it around, running up and down in front of the screen and shit at the end. Like he shouted, Tega! And everyone in the theater laughed and that made him very happy and proud. We went home and he was like devising his own Sonic game. He was like, he wanted to play the Sonic game. We played it for like three minutes and he's like, nah, nah, he was thinking of better games. So he's describing this game he wants to create and all the characters and the stories and what they're going to do and the powers they're going to have and all this stuff. You know, that shit set his little imagination on fire. It was beautiful, man. It was really cool. So, yeah, shout out to... And hey, I, what I like the story of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is like this little rarity in modern times. Like, they released the design for that character and it was nightmare fuel. It was terrible. And everyone was like, yo, this shit sucks. And they didn't go... Urgh, toxic fans and call everybody Nazis. They said, ah, yeah, all right, let's, let's, let's retool this shit. And they delayed the movie and stuff and like, and, and fixed that shit, man. They fixed it. You know, this is a rare thing, like of uh, listening to the customer and not being really horrible to the customer and being contemptuous of the customer. It's this weird situation we've been in for the past few years where just like these people are openly like they just assume that they get your money. They don't even think they have to like work to get it or anything. They just assume they get it and then they can like spit on you and you pay them. Like, yeah, I ain't about like <laughs> no, 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 you know, and fucking yo, the, the bell is tolling for these fools. Dan Didio just, uh, just got yeeted off of DC or, or left, I don't know. They're about to do this thing at DC Comics, which is the home of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman stuff, and they're about to do this thing. They're about to do what Marvel Comics did in 20, 2012, 2013, wherein they took all their, all their famous characters that are just about starting to get famous in movies that the public know. Everyone suddenly knows who Iron Man is and shit. And so they changed those characters in the, in the comics, and they like gender swapped them and race swapped them and all that type of thing. So do you read the comics and it's not the people you've seen in the movies and you, everyone's a bit confused. It's like Thor's a girl and like Hulk is like a happy little Asian kid rather than, you know, like miserable old scientist guy. And, uh, you know, they've done that all of them. Like Spider-Man becomes like a little half Mexican, half black guy and, and a girl. And there's like 17 Spider-Man girls. And uh, I think these can be bisexual now. Yeah. Who else did they do? They did everyone. They literally did everyone, man. Uh, they did, who else? Who, what other heroes are there? Iron Man got turned into a little black girl. Um, who else is there? Well, I don't know everyone. Thor became a lady. Yeah, Captain America. Oh yeah, Captain America, it turned out he was a fascist. <laughs> they revealed him to be a Nazi. <laughs> so they, <laughs> yo, yo. Um, yeah, anyway. Anyway, DC's about to do the same thing. And it's funny, right? Because <laughs> it's such a doomed thing. So DC, like, right, we're doing that too. And, like, uh, Batman's going to be a little black kid. And 
uh, Superman's going to be a girl or something. I don't know. They're doing that. They're doing that to all of them. And uh, it's called 5G. They're calling it 5G. And now everyone's starting to like worry about, you know, 5G, the the phone shit, like killing everybody and making everyone's heads blow up or some shit. <laughs> so this week they're like, oh, fucking they're changing the name of it to Generation 5. It looks so fucking doomed. Like the comics in- industry is like hemorrhage. It's, it's like really, really dying. It's really sad. Uh, and Dan Didio is the president of said comic industry just disappeared today. He's just gone. And this is like, and it's like, is he gone because he wants to, distance himself from this thing that will surely kill DC comics forever. Like AT&T own it now, you know what I mean? And they they don't want to be spending money on comics because no one's buying these comics. So like, they were just like, they will shutter that part of their business and just make Batman movies, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's like auspicious times, man. Auspicious times and uh, what's the opposite of auspicious? I used to get, by the way, I thought auspicious meant a completely different thing for about 10 years. I was using auspicious thinking it meant like a portent of doom rather than like portent of nice things. And then you wonder how many words have you been using wrong your whole life? There's a lot of words. You know, that's why I got this thing with Hercules, my little boy. And uh, he'll be talking to me and he'll be saying words. And I'm like, do you know what that means? He's like, nah. <laughs> so then I tell him. You know, I'm trying to teach him to like, if he doesn't know something, just ask. Because like, I pretended I knew everything until I was about 24, 25 or something. Maybe even older. I just straight up pretended I knew everything when I didn't. If someone was talking about something in the conversation, they're like, oh, you know, such and such. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally know that. I didn't know that. And I would pretend I did, thinking that was the smart thing to do. That was not the smart thing to do. That was the stupid thing to do. Right? That's the stupid thing to do. Because, uh... I could have learned something. So I could, you know what I mean? I could have learned so much shit, but instead I pretended I knew it already. So I didn't learn shit, you know? I was talking to my Uber driver the other day and uh, the last thing I said before I got out of the car, musing to myself, I said, you know, you don't know shit until you know that you don't know shit. And he said, yo, that's deep. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yo, but that's the realest fucking thing I ever learned. You ain't no shit until you know you ain't no shit. And then when you know you ain't no shit, guess what? You don't know shit. You still don't know shit. But at least you don't think you know shit. You know? Like, basically, the most powerful words you can utter in any conversation are, I don't know. Them three words. You could say, I don't know. Because guess what? You're about to learn some shit. You might, you might actually know something after those three words come out of your mouth. You know? That was, a, that was an epic moment for me when I worked that shit out. And, uh, yeah. Marcus Aurelius, you know, he just got bare fucking gems like that. So many fucking gems. It's really cool This making this album, which I finished, by the way. I finished the album. And uh, the finishing touches are being put to it right now by my boy James in Australia. He's like polishing it up a bit. You know, he's polishing those polishing those vocals, making that whole thing sound all shiny and nice. And uh, it was really cool doing this record, because in this record, I wasn't sampling someone else saying some words. I was saying the words. And that becomes super powerful when you say, I mean, I say words, I do choruses and stuff, you know, but like on this album, I said all the words. Basically, it's the first two books of meditations. And uh, I turned those first two books into, into songs and raps, you know, and I can recite them all. I can recite them, pretty much all of them. And um, I'm going to learn all of them so I can do them live, you know. 
And them's powerful words to be coming out your mouth and it's powerful things to be understanding because like a bunch of it I didn't understand and then I'd be like, no, no, let me work out what he means by that. For example, he keeps, he keeps talking about how you should live as nature requires, you know? And what, it's like, what does that mean? I had a little think about that. And I thought, well, I think, and I don't think that means living up a mountain or living in a cave or being naked. Or I think that means being in congruence with your true nature. That's what I think it means. You know, because that's something I've been thinking about. And the idea of congruence, just that word, I got that from uh, Rupert Spira. He talks about that. You know, I did that song with him about um, about what Jesus was up to. You know, I had to become like you so you could become like me. He talks about how basically like the reason like telling the truth is important and all that sort of thing is because it's 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 becoming incongruence with your true nature. And the more incongruence with your true nature you are, then the better, basically. And I think that's what uh, Marcus Aurelius meant by uh, living as nature requires. I think he means being incongruence with your true nature, your highest potential self, you know? And he says, you know, that uh, the gods have given you everything you need to be incongruence with your true nature. Like everything you need to do that, the gods have given you. And I think that's true, you know? It's like, uh, you know, if you're born poor, well, that ain't your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault, you know? Because, you know, how you want to define poor, that's up to you. But the gods have given you everything that, that uh, is required for you to not die poor, you know? That's one of those tricky things to say because, like, people get all offended and, like, misconstrue what you mean and shit and take it as a personal affront. It's very, some of these things are difficult ideas to present, which is part of what we're doing here at Meaning Wave HQ, man. We're trying to make, you know, we're trying to lay the foundations for these things to be understood and shit. Anyway, uh, shouts out to Wubba Lubba Lo-Fi, the Wubba Lubba Lo-Fi channel. That's a dope YouTube channel. They've got some really good Lo-Fi Zelda mixes and things like that. And uh, they do podcasts. They interviewed me this week. You can check that out. We talked about some cool shit. Went quite deep on some stuff. Uh, we talked about, you know, lo-fi music and we talked about meaning wave music and where it's from and where it's going and all that and that, that was cool what else did we do this week this week we dropped a new music video an amv that's an animated music video uh for don't bother children when they're skateboarding by me and jordan peterson a classic excuse me Ooh. a classic that's a modern classic at this point isn't that nice to have modern classics and uh, Lonely Cow Productions, who you might remember from a previous AMV and also that wonderful uh, video for Mind Control. Uh, he's, he makes, it's a production company, it's a guy and his homies, and they make dope videos. Anyway, they, they did an AMV and uh, it used footage from Hunter times Hunter, uh, which some of you may be familiar with. And that music video is going down really well. People really like it. So that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta say, Shouts out to our Wave patrons. Uh, everyone who supports us on Patreon and Subscribestar and all that. Like, invaluable. I, don't, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but like, because it happened on Friday. And uh, my monitor, like, just fucking went mental and stopped working. And because of the patrons, specifically like a couple of new ones that week, I was able to replace the monitor because I've got to send it back and it's going to get two weeks for the take two weeks to fix it. So I would have been without a monitor. I wouldn't have been able to work, you know, and uh, I was able to work. So thank you to the patrons. And if you want to support the wave, you can support the wave on Patreon, on Subscribestar. Uh, 
you know, you can donate on uh, PayPal.me slash Akira the Don if you want, you know. And uh, yeah, that shit is honestly invaluable in keeping this machine powering, moving, you know, keeping this thing powering on. So thank you to you. And as always, thank you to everyone who's, who's sharing this music because that's the way, that's the way that we grow. That's the only way we grow. You know, and uh, it's a very beautiful thing. Every day, like I, I answer, I look at YouTube and answer my YouTube comments, and I look at Instagram and answer my Instagram comments, and like you really see how the music is affecting people. Like I had this message, right? Check this. The, the songs and stuff you've actually, Akira. Like honestly, I have to say you've you've really changed my life. The the songs and stuff you've actually made me take a lot of these mentors. Some of them were already my mentors or just people I kind of thought, okay, cool message. But you've really turned them into like true teachers for me because your music is so damn dope. I'm listening to it over and over again. And now I truly believe it is a beautiful day to be alive. Yeah. We've recorded human history. I feel yeah. grateful every day that I wake up. Yeah. I, I, I feel what a, you know, what a pleasure it is to be alive. Yeah. What a pleasure it is to have challenge and what a, you know, I've become more... I've become more disciplined. I've become more confident. Yeah. I've, I've, I have a much greater love of people. Yeah. There's so much that many ways has done for me. And uh, I think um, I think it probably is easy to underestimate when you're just producing it day in, day out. You know, it's just the, the mundane process, right? But the, the, the effects of your art, the effects of your music, it's, it's anything but, you know, mundane. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy, right? Shout out to Down Under James who sent me that message. Like, he's a cool cat from Down Under, right? And I met him the other week. Uh, he came all the way from Down Under over to Los Angeles, and I DJ in this club called No Vacancy on Saturdays. And I got there the other week, and uh, the staff and that are all outside, and they're like, Kira, Kira, Kira. And, like, there's this guy jumping up and down, and it was him. <laughs> and, like, he'd got there early and shit, and he'd met all the staff, and, like, he was all hype. And uh, he gave me some really cool, like, little sunglasses, which made me look like something out of... Uh, if they were going to reboot The Matrix, I'd probably probably be like that kind of vibe. They're, like, really cool. And uh, what he did, this guy, he single-handedly uh, created an amazing night. Because what he did, he got there real early, and his vibe was crazy. He was crazy happy. He was crazy excited to be there. You know, he was excited to meet me. He was excited to be there, all that. And he was just jumping around all happy and shit. Right. And his vibe just rubbed off on the whole room. And by about midnight, that place was so joyful. And by one in the morning, the place was just like it was rammed. They had about a thousand people in there, which is way too many people for that place. And everyone was just super happy and joyful. People were fucking crying and shit. Like there were all these like little Latina girls at the front by the DJ booth. And every time I put a new record, they'd all get like a simultaneous like chill wave and like fucking cry and shit. And like, he did that because he started that vibe. Everyone who came in there saw this guy jumping around and that made them feel like more relaxed and, and like happy and shit. Like I've seen it, man. I know like one super joyful person can change a whole night. And similarly, one miserable fuck can do that. Sometimes I can feel a bit of banner, like a, a blast of bad energy entering the club. I feel it at the door. It like moves its way around the club. I'm there DJing and I can feel it. And five minutes later, I'll see that motherfucker. Right. And those vibes, they infect everybody. Right. You know, the good vibes and the bad vibes are, are powerful, man. Like, and this guy, this guy created a beautiful night in that club. He single handedly, he did that. I saw him do it and I felt it. I've, I've noticed my, my day to day life is significantly better. And 
you know, I could I could probably actually attribute it like my personality change to a lot of other things in my life because uh, you know I've got a I've got a way better job uh, and I really enjoy this job and it pays a lot better you know and and, and I'm and I'm learning shitloads um, you know the, that that's the only reason that I'm in America now that I could even afford to come over on a, on a trip over here uh, and there, there's I'm I'm fitter too you know I'm working out I'm 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 staying healthy um, I don't really. I don't get self-conscious about things like dancing anymore. Because I, uh, Yo, and I saw that. I saw that because he didn't. He just stepped up in the club and it was like, I don't think even anyone else was on the dance floor. Maybe a couple girls or whatever. He just jumps up in there and he's like, you don't know anyone there. He's on his own. He's all confident and shit and just happy. You know, he's just happy. Just joyful and happy. It's like, uh, who's that rapper who does that uh, What's Poppin' song? Jack Harrow, What's Poppin'? Dude, 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 just dropped in. My body got rid of them toxins. He tweeted something yesterday. He said about something about how like there's a lot of power in a smile. People don't realize the power of a smile. And that's some real shit. A real smile though. Like a real one. You know what I mean? A real smile that comes from a place of true like happiness and confidence and not giving a fuck. Like no judgment and shit like that. That's a powerful fucking thing, man. And that's that's a that's an infectious thing, man. That's a that's like coronavirus level virality. You know what I mean? Like, that shit can spread. That shit can do work. It can do work out in the world. It's like it's... it's Through Meanwave, I've, I've learned to take on responsibility, produce meaning for myself, and stop giving a fuck about trivial things. Yeah. And that's 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 thanks to you. Yeah, well, that's thanks to you. You know what I mean? You did it. I did it. You know, I, I'm doing my bit. You do your bit. That's what I said. Everyone, you know, everyone does their bit and we'd be cool. You know, everyone do their bit and it'd be cool. There's a... Uh, there's a line on the Marcus Aurelius album. Um, well, it's, it's one of the choruses. What is it? Hard work and persistence. Self-reliance always cheerful. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Hard work and persistence. Self-reliance always cheerful. Strength, perseverance, self-control. Strength, perseverance, self-control. You know, that's the fucking recipe right there. Hard work, persistence, self-reliance, always cheerful. Strength, perseverance, self-control. That's the fucking recipe. That's the recipe. That plus that plus that plus that equals splash. That's what it does. It equals it equals a good life, man. It equals a it equals a fine existence, a useful existence, and uh. And I just, uh, I just sent you a screenshot of my uh, my friend Tahani, who's also a uh, a great fan of yours. Uh, we actually met through your uh, your um, your stories on Instagram. Huh. How about that? What a beautiful thing! It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Anyway, so yeah, shouts out to you. Down under James, James down under, you bad, 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 motherfucker, you. And uh, shout out to everyone else who sends me all these nice messages every day and lets me know, you know, what's going on in their lives, lets me know how they're improving, how things are improving around them, and uh, how the music is helping them. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. Also, shout out to everyone who's sending me music. We just updated the Lo Fi Seasons playlist, which has got over 5,000 subscribers followers whatever it is on spotify and it's a playlist i'm doing as part of my mission to soundtrack your life 
you know, to, to provide a beautiful soundtrack for your life in every way I can, is a playlist. And it, it changes to reflect the seasons. And last week it was Lo-Fi Valentine. And this week it's morphing into Lo-Fi Spring. Spring is coming. You know, the funny thing about spring is spring starts coming early. You know, spring, spring starts popping out of winter while we're still deep in winter because spring is powerful like that because life wants to live. And that's what spring is all about. Spring is all about life. You know, it's all about life being born. It's all about them little flowers pushing up through the ground. It's about them little, them little frolicking animals in the woods, you know, hopping about, munching on acorns and things of that nature. And the music has got to reflect that, you know. So lo-fi, lo-fi spring. That's the playlist. It's on Spotify. And uh, lots of people sent in music for ad. Over 100 submissions this week. Over 100 people sent in music for that playlist. And there's some really good stuff. Like, I think out of the 100, I think I got like 50-something tracks. That's a crazy hit rate. That's a crazy high hit rate. Like, really good shit. So good, you can go check that out now. And I'll be adding to that every week. I'll be adding to that every week. Yes, I do. Yes, I dizzy, dizzy do. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think that should be enough for this week, actually. I'm trying to keep these podcasts short. You know, I don't, you got shit to do. I got shit to do, you know, and uh, yeah. What have I got to do now? Oh, hey, yeah. I got to, I got to record a bunch of mixes. I think I might, I might live stream. You know, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Oh, by the way, you can join the YouTube now if you wish. You can join the YouTube, uh, which means you can like support the wave there. You can pay five bucks a month and you can get access to all the live streams and downloads of the mixes and stuff of that nature. So go check that out. Yes, you can. Yes, you may. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for your energy and your support. And you're uh, just being being you. Thank you for being you all week. It ain't easy. It ain't always easy. You know, sometimes it's a lot easier to not do that. It might be easier to not be you. It might be easier to be someone else. It might be easier to pretend to not be you in all of your glory and all your fullness and all your wonder. But guess what? It's you that we need. It's you that we need in all your glory and wonder and fullness. It's you that's required in all your uniqueness, the ultimate you. That's what is required. Anything less than that is a disservice and an affront to nature. You know, and you can't be affronting nature. Otherwise, we'll get more of these sinkholes opening up, swallowing motherfuckers. You don't want that. I don't want that. You know what I mean? We got shit to do. We got a galaxy to explore together. Yes, we do. Meaningwave.com. Akira the Dawn. At Akira the Don, pretty much everywhere. Go check out the Meaning Wave Instagram. That's a very wavy thing. Uh, you can pre-order the Marcus Aurelius album, Meditations Volume 1. You can pre-order that on Bandcamp. You know, you can do all sorts of things, man. You can do what you like. You're a sovereign individual. You're a bad motherfucker. I believe in you. You know, let's do that international high five. A three, two, one, splash. Yeah, I felt that too. Hope you did. I'm going to be back next week with uh, This Week in the Wave. And I hope you are too. Thank you for being here. This has been Akira the Dawn, broadcasting live from the peak of recorded human history. Splash. Splash.